If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Deuteronomy chapter 4. And we left off in uh, verse 14 uh, last week. We didn't get prepared for it. Chapter 4 last week. Uh, 13 verses. And uh, Don read it. It took him a long time to read it. And it took a long time to explain it. So anyway, uh, it, it, you know, it, it, it's something where... Uh, uh, you know, the, Moses is going back to the over with the children of Israel, all the things that they've encountered, all the things that they've done, and, uh, and uh, he's trying to get them to see their need to be obedient to God. And you know, that is still something that is going on today. It's uh, you know, we 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 see a lot of issues, a lot of problems, and we say, well, this is wrong, this is wrong. The biggest problem we have today, whether it's Christian or whatever, is the lack of obedience to God. Uh, there's uh, there's a, this strange idea that God's okay with our disobedience. God is never okay with our disobedience. Never. There's always a, a penalty to pay uh, when we are disobedient. You may not see it immediately, but it will come. I think our nation is suffering from, from that very issue right now. And I don't think it's just our nation. I think it's a worldwide phenomenon that uh, is going on because this world is, uh, you know, it's one thing to talk about cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, but it's another thing when every nation is turned into the, that. And, uh, and that's what we've seen. And even the ones that are supposed to be Christian nations have gone berserk in that, in that way. And uh, so, uh, if, if the Lord uh, destroyed the first earth, the first world by water, uh, all except for Noah and his, because of uh, their their mind grown evil continually, uh, he, he's getting ready to do something even uh, more drastic to this one. And uh, so we we need to to, to make sure. You now there, there's one thing that we we can't control, and that's what someone else does. So we have to control our own selves and what we do. And, and, and uh, yeah, I catch it a, a lot for saying things like that, but you know, you, you can't be any heavenly good to, to, uh, to anyone if, if you're in sin yourself. And it just don't, it don't make sense that you could be. And so uh, we need to make sure that we have ourselves right and uh, if we're going to uh, try to correct someone else, we need to be right our own selves. I read something somewhere, and I hope I'm going to say this right. We talk about the world, where you say the world is, Christianity, you know, 70% of the people who call themselves evangelicals reject the deity of Christ. Yeah. And that's, you know. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? How, how can you call yourself an evangelical when you reject the deity of Christ? Yeah. Well, it's just like there's such a movement from the from the Christian communities, especially in the uh, the, the more liberal areas where where there are churches, uh, have come up with the the idea that the Word of God is not an absolute truth anymore because it's outdated. And so, you know, the Bible tells us that we need to be awakened. And the devil's version of God's awakening is called woke. Did y'all hear that? That's the devil's version of God's awakening. It's woke. I see a thing that is the United Church of Christ in Naples, Florida, is allowing a youth conference to be held at their church that's promote LGBTQ plus at this drag teaching about drag queens and it's being held at their church. Yeah. And they call themselves an evangelical church. I don't care if they're part of it or not, they allowed it to happen at their church. Right. You know, that's woke. Yeah. <laughs> woke. That's that's Satan's imitation of awakening. It's what is all that is. So so every time you hear that phrase, I want you to remember that. That uh, that's that's Satan's see Satan is a great imitator. He likes to imitate, and he's going to do that even when he, be, he becomes antichrist. He's going to imitate uh, that he's Christ when he's, he's not. Well, his his awakening is called woke, and so that that's what you got to uh, pay attention to. 
And uh, that's not something that I've heard. That's something that I came, that I came up with in my little big brain myself. Uh, anyway, we're going to be talking tonight about uh, uh, about uh, God forbidding idolatry. And uh, we'll go ahead and read it. And then we're going to talk just a little bit about uh, idolatry and, and, and the way it affects God and the way it affects our worship. Uh, so if somebody would, would you read for me verses 14 through 20, please? Good point. 14 through 20. Well, I can take care of that one. Well, good. <coughs> and the Lord commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and judgments, that you might do them in the land, whether you go over to possess it. Take ye therefore good heed unto yourselves, for ye saw no manner of similitude on the day that the Lord spake unto you in Horeb, out of the midst of the fire lest ye corrupt yourselves and make you a graven image, the similitude of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any beast that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged fowl that flieth in the air, the likeness of anything that creepeth on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the waters beneath the earth. Unless thou lift up thine eyes unto heaven, and when thou seest the sun and the moon and the stars, even all the host of heaven should be driven to worship them and serve them, which the Lord thy God hath divided to all nations under the old heaven. But the Lord hath taken you and brought you forth out of the iron furnace, even out of Egypt, to be unto you a people of inheritance as ye are this day. Okay, so we left off last week talking about when Moses was referring to meeting the Lord uh, in the on the mountain and uh, receiving the commandments of stone and all that stuff, and He made a remark in in verse twelve uh, of, of what we studied last week. The Lord spake in, uh, unto you out of the midst of the fire. You heard the voice of the words, but saw no similitude. You didn't you didn't see an image. Is what He said. You saw nothing. There was no form. There was no form. There was no shape. Mm -hmm. There was smoke. There was fire. Which that wasn't God. And so he didn't show him an image, and he didn't do it on purpose. And uh, he, so he he uh, he goes on then in verse 14, and uh, and he talks about the Lord handing them the judgments to teach the statutes and the judgments that we are supposed to know. <laughs> And, and you know, if it was important to the Lord to give that to Moses for him to teach the children of Israel, how important is this for us today to know the Gospels, to know the Word of God that we have, uh, that uh, that we are to, to know it, amen? We are to know the Word of God. And there's too many Christians today who, who and Bible study is good, uh, coming to church is good, Sunday school is good, but there is no substitute for sitting down and taking the time to read and study your Bible. There's no substitute for that. And and I hear it, and I've used the excuse myself over the years, I don't have enough time. But you know what? It, it's like everything else that we do. You'll take time to do what you love to do. Mm -hmm. You'll take the time to do it. You'll find the time somewhere, some way to do it. Amen. And so we need to find the time if we genuinely love the Lord <coughs> and we love His Word like we say we do, we need to genuinely find, and, and you know what? A lot of people say, well, you know, I, I need to do an hour. I need to, you don't have to do it like that. You don't have to do a chapter. Do one single verse. Pray about it. Read it. And, and, and ask the Lord what He's supposed to say to you. Do it that way. I mean, you don't know how much time you've got anyway. None of us do. You might not have enough time left to read the whole Word of God. So read it when you can, what little bit you can, and ask the Lord to show you uh, what He wants to show you from that Word. And, uh, and so that's what we need to try to do and trying to quit saying, well, if I can't read a chapter, I can't read three chapters today, then I'm not going to read. I tried that. It don't work real good for me no. to do it that way. And, uh, and so I'm liable to not read over seven or eight verses in a day. Amen? Because you know what? The Lord can say a whole bunch in a few verses when you think about it. And so he's saying a whole lot right here. And so he, he, he told Moses, he, he, uh, 
he, he commanded him to teach the, the statutes and the judgments. And look at, he gives a reason that you might do them. <laughs> Amen? And you know, the Lord didn't just give us this word to read and study. He gave us this word so we'll know what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to do this. Okay? The word don't mean nothing if you're not doing it. It don't matter if you know it. It don't matter if you can quote it. If you can't do it, it's meaningless. Amen. I know a fellow that, that can quote them pretty good. He needs help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of, some people learn scripture to win arguments. That's right. Just, just argue. Just argue about it. You, you can run into them all over the place. They go to churches, go to church regular, and you'll come up to them try to strike up a conversation, and, you, and, and, and sometimes you don't want to talk, bring up a conversation about the Lord because they're going to want to prove to you that they're right about something. They want to argue with you about something. We all have encountered people like that. And it, and it makes you almost where you don't even want to discuss those things to keep from getting a knockdown drag out with someone uh, over, over what you know is true. But he says in verse 15, he says, Take you therefore good heed, because I want to teach you these statutes, these judgments, that you might do them in the land where you go to possess it. Take you therefore good heed unto yourselves. And he says it again. For you saw no manner of similitude. You didn't see an image. And now why is it important that he keeps saying this? Why is it? He says it again in verse 16. He says, lest you corrupt yourselves and make you a graven image of the similitude of any figure. The Lord God did not reveal himself. That's why in the scripture, most of the time when an angel appeared, they looked like a person. Amen? Everyone, if they had a vision, they're liable to see the serpent or the or, or, and with the wings and all that stuff. They're not able to see that in the vision. But when an angel encountered somebody in the, in the, in the Word, they looked like a man. A man. Amen? And, and so that's, uh, they looked like a human being. They didn't look, because, you know why? How many of them, and I was in, a, in a, one of our bedrooms today, rather than the one where I keep my, some of my clothes. And I was in there getting dressed before church tonight. And I noticed angel figurines. We got all kinds of figurines. Now, they went and made it back in that back room, but there's a trail cabinet. And there's all kinds of figurines in there. But on top of one of the shelves is angels. And every, guess what every one of them angels look like? Every one of them. They got wings. They're just heavenly looking. They got long flowing gowns. We ain't got one if you plug her in. Her wing glistening glow with light and all. And, and the Bible has never shown, shown us in the scripture that one even looked that way. Has it? Except the ones that's flying around behind but around the throne of God. And, and it talks about them. And, and I guarantee you, you don't want to figure it looks like what they said them things look like. <laughs> it scared the kids. Yeah. I mean, think about it. But anyway, he said, he said, and I want you to have a, a, a similitude. That means, he listen to me, y'all, don't, don't take this the wrong way. He don't want us to bow down to that wooden cross right there. Now, there's nothing wrong with this cross being here before I get in trouble. Right. There's not a thing wrong with that until you bow down to it. Right. When that becomes what your faith is in, that wooden cross, that's when it's a problem. That's right. When you walk around with a, with a little statue of, with a cross with Christ hanging on to it and you kiss it and you got to pray with that thing or you can't pray, something wrong with your prayers. Right. That's a, that is a, a, I can't say this word, a similitude. Amen? That's what he's talking about right here. And he goes even further. You know, we, we see shows on TV and, and we've read about the, the native Indians of this nation. They worship nature. They worship animals. They worship the sun, the moon, the sun. There's still lots of people today that worship those very images. And it's called by a different name. Have, have God, boy, I'm going to get in bad trouble for this other one. Have y'all ever noticed how... how Human animals have become. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yep. Got more rice than babies do. Yeah. 
Have you? Now, I don't have a problem with anybody loving an animal. But an animal is not the same as a human being. We should be good to them. If you're going to have a pet, you need to take care of it. And it don't hurt to love them. I got a grand dog. I don't want nothing happening to her. But they're not a human. Yeah. And, and I saw a, an interesting post. And y'all was looking on Facebook because I went to the church webpage. And, and it showed a picture of a baby. And it said, and on the front of this baby laying there, and he said, why don't people pray, cry for me? And it had little signs and quotations around there. And yeah, have y'all all seen the commercials on TV about the little animals that are starving? And, yeah, oh man, they could, they could, they're tear jerkers now, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. And that's what that was about. Why don't you cry for me? They're killing me by the millions. Yeah. And ain't nobody got a commercial on what about these little babies? What about the innocent? But everybody's crying over the dogs and the cats and the goats and the pigs. Everybody's crying over them. Mm -hmm. And they're killing the babies. And they're killing the babies. Mm -hmm. That's that, that, that woke. woke. That's the woke. Mm -hmm. That's the devil's version of awakening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so he's talking about the similitude the, the, uh, of any figure, the likeness, male or female, a beast of any winged fowl, any likeness of anything that creeps upon the ground. I can't imagine somebody worshiping a bug or a snake. Yet the ancient Egyptians did. Yeah. Uh, 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 in India, yeah. they worshiped cobras. You can walk down the road in India and you will find little temples to anything. I mean, you bugs, cows, snakes, anything. Yeah. Because they don't want to leave out any god except for God. Yeah. Yeah, everything's a god but God. <laughs> everything's a god but God. Don't go over and kill the cow. Woo. No, you're killing somebody's grandpa or grandma or brother or sister. Anyway, and, and it's not something that we need to poke fun at. It's something that, that is horrible. And it was horrible then. It was something God commanded Moses. You teach these people. Do not do that. And you tell them that I didn't let them see me just so they don't try to build something that looks like me. Yeah. Amen? Amen. You know what they wind up worshiping? That the Lord allowed them to build? They worship the temple. Mm -hmm. That's just like, you know, Brother Gary talked about God wouldn't show himself so they would build something so they'd worship a figure so they'd worship him, they worship that figure. It's just like when Moses would died and Michael was there and Satan come and fought with Michael over the body of Moses. Well, guess what he was going to well, What I think he was going to do with that. He did. The devil would have got Moses' body. He'd have made out, he'd have made a He'd have made an idol of them. He had the children of Israel worshiping the, the body of Moses. That's right. That's why God didn't allow man to see him because they, they'd be doing the same thing. And then, right. then you would confine God to a place like the temple. Like he said, they worshiped the temple because they thought that's the only place God was at, was at that temple. Which he was there, but God was everywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's the incarnated Christ. That was on, when you seen, seen Christ, you seen God. Yeah. Well, they started worshiping the Ark of the Covenant. They worshiped the Ark of the Covenant. They certainly did. You know. Yeah. It became symbolic of the presence of God. If we got that, we got God. He's in this box. <laughs> I preached on that one time. Anyway, yeah, we got him in this box. And when we need him, we'll just take him out of it. When we don't need him, we put him back in there and we're going about our merry way and saying all we want to. But when we need him again, there he is. Look out. They tried that. Seriously. Didn't work out good for them. No, it didn't. The Philistines wound up with it in their temple with Dagon because of that attitude. They gave it back, too, didn't they? They sure did. They didn't want none of that. Anyway, so that's, that's what he's talking about here. He said, I don't want you to worship a similitude of anything. I don't want you to worship a figure of anything. I don't want you to worship an animal. I don't want you to worship the sun, the moon, the stars. I don't want you to worship them things. God created those things, listen to me, for us. 
He's given us the dominion over those things and we're trying to worship what we have control of. And that's why we try to make God. We try to make God under our control instead of us being under His control. It gets us in a lot of trouble, don't it? It don't work out good for us either. No. No, it does not. Never does. And so he said, he, this is what he said, and the Lord, and I like uh, verse 20, he says, and the Lord had taken you and brought you forth out of the iron furnace. He's talking about Egypt. He calls it an iron furnace uh, to be unto him a people of inheritance. I took you out of this hot place that I had you in. I took, and, and Egypt later on becomes symbolic of the world itself. <laughs> Amen? And, and he calls it here an iron furnace. We, we remember the three Hebrew children getting thrown in the fiery furnace. This world's going to become a furnace before it's over with. Mm -hmm. Amen? And so that's what he called Egypt, the, 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 uh, the iron furnace. And he brought them out of them to be a people of inheritance. And that's who he wants them to be. That's who he wants us to be. Are we? Do we have an inheritance? Oh, yeah. Praise the Lord. What is our inheritance? It's heaven. We are called joint heirs. Isn't that cool? With who? Jesus Christ. And what's he got? All of it's his. We're joint heirs to everything because of him. So we have an inheritance too. And because we have this inheritance, he wants to bring us out of this furnace that we're standing on right now because of that inheritance. That's the reason he told these people, come out and be your separate self the Lord. He still means that for us today. We're not supposed to be of the world. We're not supposed to be worldly. We're not supposed to live in the flesh because we can't satisfy God in the flesh. Matter of fact, if you live in the flesh, you don't belong to God. Uh-oh. Isn't that something? And we're talking about a consistent, continuous, don't talk about when you mess up and you repent. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about when you just live this consistent, continual lifestyle of fleshly lusts and desires. There's something wrong with your relationship with him if you claim to have one. That is a yeah. battle. Yeah. You ain't hooked up right. right. Something missing. Hmm. I've got a question for you when you get around to it. The, the early church, the apostles, and those that were saved during that time, the early church, how far out from around Jerusalem did the gospel go? I mean, did it go all over the world, at, the, at that part of the world at the time? Egypt and all those places? It went to the Roman Empire. It went to all the places that the captivity, uh, where the Israelites were captive, the ones that came back to Jerusalem that day. When, when Paul addressed the Roman church in his letter, there's no indication that there was ever a missionary went to Rome. And, they, and he was talking to Jewish, Roman, Roman Jewish Christians. Is that what The word was spread out into Asia Minor, Asia, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. What not down into Egypt? <coughs> Did all those people at one time know about the true God, like it says over the Romans? Because when they knew God or know about God, but they don't want to acknowledge who He is, then they start making all these images and turn, yeah. turn away from God. Yeah, and, and but they didn't know it all at one time. The, the Paul, the missionary journey that Paul and, and uh, Barnabas began, and then Paul and uh, Silas, and then Barnabas and Mark. Uh, they went separate ways. Uh, they went on it. It took years for this to take place. So the, the, the fire was being lit. And, and some of it was already going on because of the people at Pentecost that had come from other nations and had gotten saved on the day of Pentecost. There was 3,000 souls saved that day. And there was another day not, not too far down from that where thousands more got saved. Now these people, the, the second group stayed in Jerusalem that were from Jerusalem, but the first group 
were there visiting Jerusalem. That's why the tongues were used. That's why the languages were used. And, and these people from these different countries with these different languages heard the gospel preached to them. And, when, and they got saved that day. And then they, when they go back home, they start churches. That, that's the way a lot of it got started. Now that's a hypothesis because the scripture don't tell us that. Well, we know that the Ethiopian eunuch knew about it because that's who Philip ministered to. Ethiopia, that is in, a, uh, and yeah. That's, and that's in Northern Africa, that right, area. Northern Africa, so, Egypt's in Northern Africa. So it would have been in that area, so it was spreading. And it wasn't necessarily from the apostles, the 12 apostles themselves, but as, as they created disciples, those disciples went back and made more disciples. It began with the apostles, yes. yeah. It began on Pentecost is when it began. And it spread. Yeah. There was thousands of them mm -hmm. before, before it was over with. Matter of fact... Well, that, it just keeps going through the book of, of Acts as you're looking, and this many more were added to their number that day, and this many more were added to their number that day. And those thousands and thousands didn't stay within Jerusalem. They didn't, they didn't stay put. They went back, because pretty soon persecution hit Jerusalem, right. and so then they scattered back to the countries that they had come from. Right. Well, Philip wasn't Ethiopian. He encountered Ethiopian yet, and he was running from persecution then. That's why he was in Samaria. <laughs> because it got so hot on him in Jerusalem, he left. And that's what he was doing in Samaria when, when uh, uh, and a great revival started in Samaria, and he left and met that Ethiopian eunuch. But so that's what he was running the from. The day of Pentecost was the pebble that was dropped into the water. And all the ripples just went out from there. And, it, you know, each, each set of disciples that went out from Jerusalem and went out from those churches created more and more ripples and spread the gospel farther and farther. Yeah, I think Christ, when he made the remark, what greater fire uh, a little spark kindleth, I think that's, uh, that it's not just a, a, a something evil that can, that can go grow, grow from a spark. The day of Pentecost was a spark that made a gigantic fire grow. you know, in there... Jerusalem, you know, the day of Pentecost afterwards, about 3,000 were added to the church, and then this many were added. I think one day it said 5,000 were added, and then once you got out away from Jerusalem, and then it wasn't added no more, it was multiplied. The church was multiplied. Church. So the further they got out from Jerusalem, instead of add, they went to multiply instead of add. Yeah. Multiplied is greater than add. Right. And I think the you know the Gentiles of that day were were probably were under Roman domination just like the Jewish people were. Everybody was under the Roman <laughs> domination. Even Egypt at that time were all under Rome. And and so we just although the Bible don't uh, mention that uh, Egyptian Christians, we don't know that they were or were not at that time. It, it, I just don't know that. I just know the Lord started something and it spread like wildfire. Mm -hmm. And and uh, and when the Gentiles realized they could have salvation too, because that, that's what the Old Testament prophecies was about, that the people that don't know me are going to come running to me. Mm -hmm. when they, and that's what happened. Man, they just ran and flocked to, to, uh, to those missionaries bringing the word of Christ. Of course, miracles helped. You know, they, they performed miracles in, in front of them, and that helped a lot. Uh, but, uh, you know, Paul, in his letters, uh, usually he either starts off or ends up in his benediction uh, addressing Christians that he's, he's talking to or have, have, has talked to in the process. And, and, and a lot of them have Roman names like Alexander, uh, Rufus, and, and, and he named all kinds of different names of people who who were under uh, Roman dominance. So there were a lot of Roman Christians also. Okay? That's a good question, Sam. I'm sorry I don't know the answer to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, all those, all those places nowadays, I mean, they know about, they, they know the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. and, uh, they, may, they may have heard, actually heard the gospel. He is the Son of God. He died. Buried and rose again for our justification. But, like I say, people over there in India, they worship all kinds of different stuff. And uh, it's the same thing here in the United States. People hear the gospel, but it's falling from deaf ears, it seems like. 
That, and, and that's all through the scripture, it, even in Revelation. You have ears to hear, but you don't. You got eyes to see, and you don't. It, you just don't hear, and you don't see, because uh, it, it's not hidden from us. Now the Bible tells us several times that that things were hidden from people, but the gospel today is not hidden to people. People refuse to see it because they don't want to live by that. They don't want to live that life. They want to live a worldly life, and the Bible forbids that to take place. And uh, to, to be acceptable in the eyes of God, to live in the flesh and claim to, that you know Him. As a matter of fact, it says it's not possible that, that we live in the flesh. We've got to live in the Spirit. We've got to live in the light. We've got to walk in the light, walk in the Spirit. That's the way we're supposed to live. And, we'll, and to not do that is sin. And, and uh, anyway, it, it gets real deep. And, and I, I'm going to tell you, I'm just glad I'm not going to be the final judge. Uh, the Lord is. And, and, and a lot of people are going to be di very disappointed in that time because they think, and they're thinking because they've rationed it. It's the same mind as the reprobate mind given to the, the lesbians and the, and the homosexuals in, in uh, Romans chapter 1. It's the same mind. The reprobate mind is just not, a lot of people think that it's a, uh, it's, it's a mind that's just, just limited to that group of people, but it's not. You can be reprobate in your faith. You can be reprobate. I looked, and I wished I'd have kept my notes that I did. I looked up that word reprobate, and there's two or three different things that we can be reprobates about. One of them is our faith. Okay? And so that, that means that you'll believe what's not true about God. You'll make up your own version of God. And, and I think that's what we're seeing in the world, all over the world today, in this country today. Even in churches in our area today, everybody's got this, uh, this mind that this is who God is, and by George, that's who He is. And the only thing about it, they forgot to ask Him if that's who He is. Because He is who He is. That's the reason He told them, I am that I am. He didn't say, I am who you want me to be. I am who you think I am. No. Matter of fact, he tells us we can't even understand who he is. We can't even understand his ways, his thoughts. He said, but mine are so much higher than yours, you can't comprehend me. This is a mere glimpse into who God is. Yeah. And so we gotta, we got to understand this. And so that's why it's more and more important and more and more evident as we study the Bible how important it is to study the Bible. So we'll know who he is. He tells us all through there. He tells us what he likes. He tells us what he don't like. He tells us what he requires of us. He even tells us what he hates. And you know what? Some of the things that he hates is some of the things that's happening. By people who say they know him. He says, I hate that. <laughs> oh well. My Bible says reprobate it describes it as rejected after testing we we tried we tried the christian way we don't like it so we're going to kick it out we're not going to go that way we're going to change the way yeah uh -huh. and you can't there's only one way That's right and, and he's he's, a, he's got a name that one way mm -hmm. and and you go his way or you don't go that's pretty blunt and pretty simple, isn't it? That is the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's his yeah. way. Because he's the only way. Okay. Let's look at some more. Uh, Moses will not enter Canaan. I like to, I, well, I don't like this, but uh, somebody read for me verses 21 through 28, please. I'll get it. I'll read it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord was angry with me because of you. And he solemnly swore that I would not cross the Jordan and enter the good land. The Lord your God is giving you as your inheritance. I will die in this land. I will not cross the Jordan, but you are about to cross over and take possession of that good land. Be careful not to forget the covenant of the Lord your God that he made with you. Do not make yourselves an idol in the form of anything the Lord your God has forbidden. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. After you have had children and grandchildren and have lived in the land a long time, if you then become corrupt and make any kind of idol, doing evil in the eyes of the Lord your God and arousing his anger, 
I will call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you this day that you will quickly perish from the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. You will not live there long, but will certainly be destroyed. The Lord will scatter you among the peoples, and only a few of you will survive among the nations to which the Lord will drive you. There you will worship man-made gods of wood and stone, which cannot see or hear or eat or smell. All right. So Moses in verse 21, look at what he says. said, the Lord was angry with me and who fought with it. <laughs> Because of you. Because of your fault. <laughs> it's your, uh, God was angry at me and it's your fault. Sounds like Moses wasn't happy. He wasn't that. happy. You know, prior to this, he had asked the Lord just let him, if he didn't mind, let him go in. And yeah. Lord done nothing. Because he disobeyed me. So here he's still a little miffed over that. He wants to go with him. He he feels like his journey, his work is not done with this people. And he and God said, Yeah, no, your work is done. And, and God lets him give God gives him time to give us Deuteronomy. Okay? Yeah. Deuteronomy Deuteronomy is being written after they stopped and he's preparing them to go over into the promised land. It's when Deuteronomy is written and Moses is reflecting back to them all the things they need to remember and know before they cross over. And it's eating him up because he ain't gonna get to go with them. And if you'll remember when 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 he hit that rock that time, that second time, he was mad at them when he done it. He wasn't mad at God. He was mad at them, but he disobeyed God. And that's why the Bible says, be angry and don't sin. Now, he, he was angry, and he was justified. God understood his anger. Had God been angry with, with him the same way? Had God wanted to kill them all, remember? Moses interceded. Moses interceded Paul. And now Moses, see, Moses don't even get to play God. He don't get to play God either. He still has to obey God, just, just like Mary had to be saved. You know, we, we, we made remark, I don't know what, what day or night it was, Wednesday night or whatever, when the Holy Ghost entered into Mary, he entered her womb. He didn't enter her heart. Okay? So she had to have the Holy Ghost just like the uh, Peter did. That's why she was in the upper room, so she could be saved just like Peter was. <coughs> and so that, that's something to think about. And Moses is in this way too. Moses is a type of Jesus, but he ain't Jesus. Amen? Amen. As much authority, and, and he got to talk to God face to face, as much as he, he still wasn't Christ. Amen. He was a picture of him, but he wasn't him. And so he, he says, uh, it's your fault. He said, uh, the Lord was angry with me for your sakes, and I must die in this land. I must not go over Jordan, but you shall go over and possess that good land. And now, he says, he warns them. He gives them a warning right here. Take heed unto yourselves, lest you forget the covenant of the Lord, uh, uh, the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and, and, and don't make a graven image. Don't make an idol. Don't make something and call it him. Because he's not going to accept that. Basically tell them don't do what you did at the base of Mount Sinai. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and so here in a little bit, we're probably not going to get to it tonight, but uh, we're, going to, we're going to go back over the Ten Commandments again. And the Ten Commandments is, Thou shalt not make a graven image. <coughs> was the second commandment. Amen? It's kind of like telling, when we was raising kids at home, it's, in this mom, you done told me this, you done told me this. Mm -hmm. We need to tell you again. You're getting older, and this is this is what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. and, and mom, this you know, I've heard this story before. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, we got to tell them again. What I remember about that is that when they told me, you've already told me, they went out that night and did it. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> it's like, what what did you not hear? What part was it that you not understand? Yeah, and when and when Moses starts talking to him, I'm like, that's that's what you hear so many times today. Well, I did that because of you. You made me yeah. do that. Yeah. You made me act that way. 
like, <laughs> we have, Moses couldn't take responsibility for his own actions, just like we have trouble taking responsibility <laughs> for our own actions. Why confession is so hard, because it means I have to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I did this. Mm -hmm. I messed up as a reaction to what someone else did, but it was me. Yeah. And they, they don't want to do that. Moses, Moses didn't want to do that. Nope. He went, it was your fault. <laughs> I can't go because of you. Yep. And it's, it's the same. That's something that hasn't changed in thousands and thousands of years. Ain't going to change either. Nope. Nobody like to eat crow. Nope. It, I, I tried it. It does not taste good. <laughs> <laughs> Just pretend it's quail. You'll be all right. <laughs> no, no, it's never all right. But, and then he, then he tells them why. He said, uh, don't make this graven image or the likeness of anything which the Lord thy God has forbidden thee to do. Well, we just went over the list of all those things. He said, don't make anything in these images because I showed you no form or no image. So don't make any images. Don't, don't make a little statue of the cloud or, or fire or smoke or anything and don't worship those things. And he said, and he gives a reason because you're, the Lord your God is a consuming fire he is a jealous god amen amen how many of y'all knew that about god <laughs> that he's jealous oh, yeah. hmm. he is a jealous god and he is a consuming fire and i think that is the the, the mention of him being a consuming fire is a, is a reference to our end time uh, when the when the elements are going to burn with fervent heat and, and uh, how he does it, a lot of people say uh, nuclear war, who knows? I just know it's going to happen because the Bible says it is. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be here. Amen. I don't want to be here when that takes place. Okay, so, and now Moses prophesies. Mm -hmm. He says, now I'm going to tell you what's going to happen if you do what I just told you not to do. Did y'all know the scripture in the New Testament tells us what God will do if we do what he tells us not to do? It's all through the Bible. Now what makes us think today that we can do what they weren't allowed to do? That God's going to tolerate what he wouldn't tolerate then? That God's going to look over what he wouldn't look over then? That God's going to all of a sudden accept what he didn't accept then? Come on, you know that's old school. <laughs> that's what yeah. they say. And, and so it's something that's, that's in us that we want to believe what we want to believe and we want to make God what we want Him to be. And that's what He's warning them about right here. See, idolatry ain't just about making a statue. Amen? Amen. It ain't just about a statue. It, it can be a lot of different things. It can be your idol. Amen. Did you... It, and when you let those idols or you start to worship those idols, you're giving way to allow Satan to come into your life and start working. That's and start right. having his way. And, and because it starts as a little thing, the next thing you know, you're like, why is my life such a mess? I mean, it didn't used to be that <coughs> Well, then when you reflect back, it's because I did this and then I allowed this and that. It just, it's that little, it gives Satan the, the foothold that he needs, gets his toe in the door so he can open the door to have way in your life. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. You know, when we, we did uh, Sunday night with Nate, and one of the things I was thankful for that night was with Jeremiah and Katrina. Nate was about to call, about around when he showed up here. And they kept bringing him up boy to church. They kept bringing him. You know why we don't have any young people back there? Why we don't have any children and grand and, and teenagers back there? Because there ain't nobody bringing them. Now what does that tell this younger generation how important church is if mom and daddy could care less if they even go or not? They're gonna when they get grown, they're gonna say, I don't need to go to church. Mom and dad need to go to church. They went to heaven. <laughs> really? okay. I don't need church. I ain't go then, I don't gotta go now. You ain't gotta go to church. 
whistle on, they'll, they'll take off work and take them clear across the country to a, a tournament. White ball all weekend. Yeah. All weekend long. Yeah. It just goes back to the, one of the biggest lies, that's especially up there in northeast Arkansas and Missouri, where my uh, family lives at, is I live better than the people live inside the church. So they feel like they have a more holy and righteous life than people that live inside the church because they live like the world but go to church. Right. So they, that's the biggest reason why a lot of people won't go to yeah. church. If the Christian can't live for the Lord for people to see, then why, why would we expect anybody else to mimic us? Yeah. Hey, hey, and, and that's what this scripture is about. Look at this. He says, When thou shalt beget children and children of children, and you shall have remained long in the land and shall corrupt yourselves and make a graven image or the likeness of anything and shall do evil in the sight of the Lord thy God to provoke him to anger. <coughs> you know the reason he brought up children and grandchildren? Because they're going to witness that. Yes. They're going to see what they do. And they're going to mimic what they do. And we wonder why our church is getting weaker and weaker and smaller and smaller all the time while the doors are closed and everywhere. People ain't going to church, ain't bringing their kids to church. God help us. God help us. We need to be going out of our way to do that. And he said, and he said, now when you do this and provoke God uh, and provoke him to anger, he says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day that you shall soon utterly perish from off the land where until you go over Jordan to possess it. Verse 27, And the Lord shall scatter you among the nations. Did that happen? Yep. Yep. <laughs> it did. Did you know they still are scattered? Yep. Did you know the millions that is in Israel right now is just a fraction of the millions that are everywhere else in the world? Did you know we got them all over this nation? They don't want to go back there. They're everywhere. Still. Yeah. And that's a result of what Moses is telling. He became a prophet. And what we're seeing with Israel right now, or even before 1948, that was a prophecy that took place because they disobeyed God. <clears throat> and they did worship idols. Did you know that... Where, what was the city, Mother Sam, you probably know this, where uh, Jeroboam built the, the idols. He built golden calves so that people wouldn't go into Jerusalem to worship. He put them in idolatry to keep them. I think it was Bethany. I'm not for sure. Somebody looked that up for me. Jeroboam is his name. Uh, he was uh, he was after Solomon, Rehoboam was Solomon's son. But he there was a city where he built golden calves for people to worship, so they didn't have to go to Jerusalem to worship, and they fell for it. He had the northern ten tribes of Israel under his command. Anyway, that's this all happened, and and they did turn to idolatry. All right, let's, uh, we got time just to do uh, uh, one more. This is a short one, Sam. You, you read too soon. Somebody read for me verses 29 through 31, please. But from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him, if thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul, when thou art in tribulation, and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, that thou turn to the Lord thy God, and shalt be obedient unto his voice. For the Lord thy God is a merciful God. He will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers, which he swore to them. Alright. So he tells them, when you do this, what do you got to do? He, it, once you get scattered, what do you need to do? He, he, said, he says to seek him. <coughs> He gives them what, when this happens, he tells them what they got to do. He says, from there you shall seek the Lord thy God and you shall find him. How? If you seek him, how? With all of your heart. There's one thing the Lord despises, and that's half heartedness. You remember? 
It happens in the Bible. Don't say that. Yes, it does. You remember what Jesus said? I had rather you be cold or hot. I'd rather you be cold-hearted or on fire for me. But I don't want you to be half-hearted, lukewarm. I will reject you when you do that. Don't be straddling the fence. That's what he said. And that's exactly what he meant. So he said, Moses told him, he said, you, when this happens, he said, you, can, uh, you shall seek, seek the Lord thy God and you shall find Him if you seek Him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. And then he goes on to, to tell them, uh, even in the latter days, y'all see that? Y'all see that right there? In the latter days, what he's saying? That's in verse uh, 30. At, uh, right at the end, he said, Even in the latter days, if thou turn to the Lord thy God, and shall be obedient unto his voice. Was Moses seeing something way down the road? Way down the road. Uh -huh. we're, in the, we're in the latter days now. And we know what's going to come. You know what's going to come? They're going to seek Jesus Christ diligently with their heart and plead for him to come. And guess what? He's going to come. Yeah. That's going to happen. Yes, sir. That verse you're talking about, it's First Kings 12, 29. Yeah, okay, thank you. Bethel and Dan. Bethel. Bethel and Dan. He made two places from the worship. Yeah, Bethel and Dan. I knew one of them started with a B, but it wasn't Bethany. It was Bethel. It was close. Bethany, Bethany. Now, Bethel is the place where Jacob encountered the angel. Amen? And that's the reason he picked that place. To, to put that golden cap. It meant something to the Jerusalem. Okay, and I'm fixing to close. Uh, because here, here's what I want you to see. He said, uh, he said, even in the latter days, if thou turn to the Lord thy God, and shall be obedient to his voice, for the Lord thy God is, merc is a merciful God. The Bible says his mercy endures forever, and I am glad, aren't you? Yeah. It says it's from everlasting to everlasting, and his mercy is, and we're supposed to be merciful people too, because he is, and he's shown us mercy. We need to show mercy for others. He will not forsake you, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers, which he swore unto them. What did Jesus promise us? <laughs> he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will never leave you or forsake you. That's what Moses just told them. That, that, that this was going to happen. I want you to turn with me real quick. And uh, we'll, I'll mark this place right here in verse 32 for next week. I can't believe we didn't get through this chapter. Let's see, that'd be the 25th, right? A couple of rabbit trucks. Mm -hmm. Long-winded teachers, what it is. <laughs> oh, that ain't funny. Uh, now I want you to turn with me to Romans chapter 11. I just, I just studied that this week, and uh, and listen to what the word says. Uh, that he says, "For the Lord thy God is merciful God; He will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers, which He swore unto them." Listen to this. Uh, Romans uh, 11, starting in verse 25. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel. Now look at this. Until the fullness of the Gentiles coming. Okay. Israel let Christ become a stumbling block to them. And they became blind in their own deceit. They wouldn't accept Him as Savior. And as a result of that, the Gentile church was born. Israel is still blind. Now, let, let, let me interject something here. All through the Scripture, God has got a remnant of people. Amen? There's a remnant from the from the time Jerusalem, uh, Israel was a nation, and there's still a remnant today. <clears throat> Did you know there's Jewish Christians today? Yep. When you hear one, I love to hear them speak, because they can put two and two together. They can put Old Testament and New Testament together like we can't do it, because we don't understand their history like they do. And they can put it together, so you plan it so interesting and, and wonderful to listen to. He's got a remnant of people right now that are Holy Ghost-filled Jewish people. Right now. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so when the time of the fullness of the Gentiles comes in, somebody tell me what you think that means. 
church age. The church age ends. The, the Gentile church age ends. What, what's going to end? <coughs> I think. I think it's going to be rapture. I think that's what we're talking about here. That's my opinion. Just don't say here, but it does tell us that there's going to come a time when the fullness of the Gentiles comes in and then Israel is going to see some things that they couldn't see before because they're still blinded for the Gentiles' sake. But when the Gentiles have come in, the blindness is lifted off of them. The scales are moved off of their eyes. And all of it, look at this, first, I love this. And all Israel shall be saved, and it is written, there shall come out of Sion the deliverer who shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. He's talking about Jesus. Amen. For this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies. Now look at this. For your sakes. You remember I said they had to be blinded where the Gentiles could come. They had to reject him so the Gentiles could receive him. So he says right here, they reject the gospel for our sakes. The Gentiles. And, it's, and he says, uh, they're enemies for your sakes, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sakes. So what he's, what's he saying here? Right now they're, they're blind, they reject the gospel for our sakes, but God's still got a plan for them because of the covenant he made with their fathers. Amen? Amen? You know, there's some of these covenants that God made and prophecies that were made that there's no if in it. It's going to happen. Yeah. And this is one of them. There ain't no if here. Okay? For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. For as ye in time past have not believed God, yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief. He's talking to us because they, they didn't believe the Gentiles received mercy from Him. We received salvation. Even so have these also now not believed that through your mercy they also may obtain mercy. So through God being merciful to us, He's going to give Israel mercy. <coughs> Boy, this is, this is not a tongue twister. This is something that Moses was talking about. For God hath concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon everybody. This, that was God's way of including all nations in his salvation process through Jesus Christ. That was the promise he made to Abraham. What was it? And by your seed, all nations of the earth will be blessed. That's how it happened. It happened because Israel rejected him. And that's what caused it to happen. And now the promise goes further. Although they're in captivity, when they turn to him, and they turn to him and seek him with all of their soul, he's going to come to them. And all of this stuff that we've experienced, when the fullness of the Gentiles comes in, he's going to turn back to Israel. And, they, and it said in verse 26, and so all Israel shall be saved. You know what kind of salvation they're going to have? Same kind we got right now. They're going to be Holy Ghost filled Jesus' name people. And they're going to realize that they made a big uh-oh and they're going to make it better. And the Bible says God's going to forgive them. He's going to show them mercy. And they're going to believe. And son, those people surrounding them wanting to destroy them, look out. Because he's going to be there. Boy, I love this. I, I love to talk about this. I love to, to, to think about this. But you know what, y'all? We got we living in this world. We're living in this present day world. <laughs> And we got to be ready and we got to be obedient and we got to know how to please God. And we do that by studying His Word. More importantly, you got to be filled with the Spirit. If you ain't filled with the Spirit, studying the Word <laughs> isn't possible. You can't do it. You can't understand it. Amen.
Thank y'all for being here tonight. Verse 32 is where we'll start next Wednesday. God bless you. Would you stand? <coughs> Brother Wick, would you just Rick Brooke? Did I say that right? Brother Wick? Brother Rick? <laughs> Brother Rick, would you just mention? Uh, yes. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day you've given us, Lord. Lord, I just praise and thank you so much that we do have the freedom still to come into your house and worship you freely, Lord. Lord, I just think about my brothers and sisters all around this world, Lord, that are suffering right now and they face persecution. That as I heard Brother Gary say a couple times, they have to rip pages out of the Bible and spread them around and try to memorize them just so they can get into your word, Lord. Let us take advantage of the privilege we have to get into your word and actually study it and learn it so we can draw closer to you, Lord. Lord, there is a big darkness that's growing over our community and it's growing increasingly inside the churches, Lord. Let us build up our own Holy Spirit, Lord, and let that light shine in our own homes, in our community, in our churches, Lord. Lord, just be with us as we go throughout the week, Lord. Lead us and guide us in everything we say and do. Lord, I pray that you forgive us for our sins, Lord. Watch over our families and keep us safe, Lord. Once again, for all those that are on the prayer list, Lord, I pray that you place your hand upon them, Lord, whether it be physical, mental, or otherwise, Lord. Just be there for them and give them a healing. And Lord, when it happens, I pray that it happens in a way that they can't help but give you all the glory and the honor for it. All these things I ask and I pray in your very precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Amen.